Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Good morning, family. Good morning, church. Good morning to everyone online. I'll be sharing the word with us this morning by the grace of God. And let us start with prayer. God Almighty, we thank you. We thank you for this moment, O oh God, that we have in your presence this Sunday, that we can gather together as we do with you. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will speak through me, that you speak words, O oh God, that will be a blessing unto each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Okay, so over the past few weeks, Pastor has been, uh, and months actually, Pastor has been taking us through uh, matters of the heart, the spiritual heart. And we, had, we know the anchor scripture that he gave us, uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, where the Bible says, Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. And another scripture that speaks about how important our hearts are is in Matthew chapter 12, verse 35, where Jesus himself says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. So we know that the heart is completely central to everything we will do. And looking after our hearts are most, is most important. And the message that we're going to speak about today rides a little bit on the back of uh, a preaching, the sermon that Pastor gave about a month or so ago when he spoke about uh, and antidotes to a heart disease. And I think it was the second part. If anyone has not seen it, I'd recommend that you do. And in that sermon, he spoke about how important it was to fill our hearts with the Word of God. Absolutely paramount. And if anyone remembers, he spoke about whether we set up a throne in our hearts for God's Word or we set up couches and allow the things of the world to just come in and flood in. And the scripture that speaks about how important it is to make sure that we're taking in the Word of God goes right back to when Moses was speaking to uh, the children of Israel, and God spoke through him to give a command to the children of Israel as to what was most central about their walk with him, about them being his people and him being their God. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 to 8, the Bible reads, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Critical. He explains to them, it should, be, it should be all that you see. Let it be the very primary thing that you see. Let it be written everywhere around your houses. 
Let it be spoken of that it's all that you're hearing. Not all, literally, but it's the primary thing that you hear if you're going to take in anything because it must dwell deeply within your heart. And it just goes to show that God in his infinite wisdom had wired our senses to be the means through which we would receive his word into our hearts. We would receive his person into our hearts. But unfortunately, in this wicked world that we live in, this fallen world, unfortunately, those same senses are there ready to take in whatever the world might be willing to give us if we would allow it, and so therefore shape our hearts. That's why the Bible warns in Proverbs chapter 22, verses 24 to 25, make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious, furious man do not go, lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. Letting us know that whatever you spend time with, whoever you spend time with, whatever you're finding yourself doing and taking in, it's going to shape your heart. You're going to learn that way, and it will determine the course of your life. In so many scriptures, the Bible tells us of these things. Again, Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 to 23. Jesus speaking, it says, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And all these scriptures are just letting us know the importance of letting the word of God and time with God to be front and center in everything that we do. And by the grace of God, not letting the things of the world begin to find their way into our hearts. But there is one major constraint that we all have, and it is that time is limited. Time is limited. And so each and every one of us has to sleep six to eight hours a day. Some people might say, oh, they only need five or four. I say, good luck to you. Uh, but six or six to eight hours a day is what they recommend. And then we have to go to work, nine to five. Some people, it might be longer. There might be a commute you throw in there, one hour each way. Some people, they say it's an hour and a half. And then there's time with family, with spouses, with children. And after all of that, you're absolutely, you're so tired by the end of the day. Just some time to rest and, you know, pick your feet up and just, you know, do something that's a little bit more relaxing. And all of a sudden, you're looking at time and thinking, so where, where's the time that for me to spend with the Lord? Where's that time that I'm going to be reading the Bible and taking in and allowing to shape my heart? And all these things are good. We are meant to spend time with the family. We're meant to spend time with our children, teaching them things that are good and showing love to them. We are meant to do work. Jesus himself, our God, gave us command that we ought to labor. We are meant to rest. God designed the body to sleep. And so in all these things, none of them bad, but that we should be in no doubt about the importance of the word of God in our hearts. Jesus uses this example to break it down for us, and it is with the story of Martha and Mary. And the Bible, and speaking about Martha, so in Luke chapter 10, verses 39 to 42, speaking about Martha, it says, And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, 
Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. And so while there are all these things that we have to do, that are part of our lives, that are good things to do, it is still necessary, uttermost important, that we spend time with the Lord. And it's easy for us to make excuses, you know. I work 14-hour days, you know, I'm in investment bank. No, not me personally, but some of us might be saying to ourselves, I'm in investment banking, I'm in consulting, you know, 14-hour days, my days, to, or I own my own business, I'm traveling here and there, you know, there just isn't much time I can fit in, you know, uh, half an hour of prayer to God in the morning, read the Bible a little bit, and job done. And that's just the way it's good enough, you know. But you see, the Bible speaks of Daniel this way. And we know that at some point, at different points around through Daniel's life, he was either, you know, the primary administrator in the kingdom in which he served, or at least one of the top administrators. And in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, so this is a story when his, his, his enemies had conspired against him to try and set a trap for him and moved the king to say that no one can pray to any other god, no one can worship any other god. And the Lord uses this story as an example to tell us of Daniel's ways. And the Bible reads, Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, it says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home, and in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed, and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. So this is not something that was a one-off. This wasn't something that he was doing to prove a point. This is simply what he does. That's it. And it says there, speaking about praying, but we know, we know Daniel was a scholar of the word of God. And so in there would have been time spent uh, reading the word of God just as much, in as much as he was praying because they go hand in hand, reading the word of God, praying to God. We can't do one and not do the other. And this is someone who was one of the top administrators in the kingdoms that reigned in his time. And we know of our Jesus, how he was relentless in conversation with the Lord, with his father, with the father. The Bible would speak how many times when Jesus would go into the mountains to pray. Indeed, in Luke chapter 21, verses 37 to 38, it says, And in the daytime he was teaching in the temple, but at night he went out and stayed on the mountain called Olivet. Then early in the morning all the people came to him in the temple to hear him. And you're thinking, Jesus, when, when did you sleep? You know, we know in the mountain what you were doing there primarily was praying, speaking to God, hearing what God would have you do, speaking to the Father, and then doing the same. When did he even sleep? And I won't, I'm not going to try and pretend to and say that, oh, you know, I have this all figured out and I do exactly what, what Daniel does and what Jesus did. And, you know, we're all still trying. And some days I'm all right. I do it okay. Other days, complete fail. And I can just go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm so sorry, you know. I know I'm supposed to have prioritized you, but you know when the day just gets away from you and you, you just don't quite, and you, you know, you know better, but somehow 
it doesn't quite come together. But one thing that we all must do, that I try my best to do, is continually watch my way and not give in to excuses. Because the same God who said, you should eat, the same God who said, you should sleep, the same God who said, make sure you labor, make sure working with your hands, that which is good, the same God who said, be fruitful and multiply, have children, that same God is the same God who said the primary thing is time spent with him. Therefore, whatever career he has given us, whatever family dynamic he has given us, he has made it possible for us to be able to prioritize time with him if we will seek it earnestly enough. Because this is what he said in Jeremiah 32 verse 27. And we always have to remember this about the king. He says, behold... I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? That means it is possible. And it will, be, it will look different for each and every one of us, but it is possible. And there may be some of us who already do this and do it consistently because that's the key thing. Some days we might do it well. Other days, completely lost it. And, you know, may God give us the grace for those of us who do it consistently to continue to do so consistently in the name of Jesus. But for the rest of us, it might look different, but one thing will be certain is that we are constantly walking closely, converse, conversing closely with the Holy Spirit, with the King, day by day at the center of it all. And it might take some sacrifice for some of us, you know, lunchtime, 45 minutes to an hour, who knows. Ordinarily, sometimes we're thinking this work has to be done before I close. By this certain time, my manager is on my neck. He's thinking, and so we're, we, we don't even take that lunch. We'll do lunch at our desk and quickly get it, get it out. And I'm speaking to myself here. I fall, I fall foul of this very thing myself. But you know what? If we would say to ourselves that, you know, we have 45 to an hour for lunch. We can find time to eat. But then also maybe just carve out 15 minutes, read the word of God dedicated time to pray to God. Because that's what Daniel did. It wasn't just in passing as he was walking while multitasking and said, oh Lord, you are God, heaven and earth. And, you know, while he's thinking about this other thing that he's, he has one eye on, no, he's got on his knees. And we don't have to get on our knees, but it just showed that it was a dedicated time that he paused everything that was going on and said, the King of Kings, I will, I will I will pray to you. I will think about you. I'll spend time with you in the middle of my day. And it wasn't probably just not, it, was, it might be that, you know, we might think, oh, yes, we need to pray concerning the work we're doing. And yes, that's good. We might need to. But to pray concerning everything, the world around us, our colleagues, the nations, the people around us where we are working, the district in which we work, some family member, that might be what the Lord lays on our heart to pray about at that time. It might be from whatever we read in the scripture at that time, what he moves us to pray about, something related to that scripture. Just spending time with the king. For some of us, it might be to be less time with social media. <laughs> and you know that this one, I mean, social media is not really my, my, my so YouTube, that's the one that, that I have to, because you, and their algorithms. I go into YouTube, I'm thinking, you know what, you know, Tribe of Judah just sang this song I've never heard before, but I want to add it to my list of, my playlist of, of worship songs that I will, I will worship to, you know, and I've, I've opened YouTube before 
I've started touch, typing in the search bar what I want to go and search for. They've already recommended something completely different that's caught my eye, and I'm thinking, oh, that's interesting. I start watching it. Before I finish watching that one, there are other recommendations of something related to it. An hour has gone by. I've completely forgotten why I entered YouTube in the first place. Yeah, we are a number. Of, I'm sure you get. We all know what I'm saying. And so I st I've started fighting. So now, if you see those three dots when they're recommending, things, I just say I'm not interested. Until the algorithm, I'm smarter than you, algorithm. I'm not interested. Don't you see? If it's a worship song, okay, fine, leave that one. Another, I'm not interested. Only recommend the things that will edify my life. And for some of us, you know, entertainment, television. Ah, oh, my generation, the generation after me. Lord, help us. Netflix. <laughs> I've, I, so, so I've stopped watching TV shows. Now, now, I'm not saying people should stop watching TV shows, but I'm saying you have to know yourself. Know yourself. You see, I'm the type of person where when a story starts, I need to know the end. I'm eager to know the end, you know? So when it starts, I'm thinking about it until I see the finish. And these, these TV shows, they're so good with cliffhangers now. Oh. Right, and, and meanwhile, they, they, they will now have an automatic flow through to the, next, to the next episode. You wouldn't even know by the time you've watched three, and three hours have gone. Meanwhile, your Saturday, your Saturday, your Saturday, Three hours of your Saturday has gone. You've not batted an eyelid for the Lord, let alone anything else. So let me movies. I'm okay with movies now. I can, you know, our movie we start two hours later. We've ended. I don't need to think about you anymore. We're done. Thank you very much. You know, thank you. But yeah, and some of us it might just be that we need to know ourselves, reorganize our relationship to some of these things because all these things. One, they stop us from spending time with the King of Kings. That is, we've known now and we've learned is most critical to the hearts that are in us, to our spiritual hearts, which determines the course of, course of our lives. But so not only do we then not spend that time, but what then happens is that all those things begin to fill our hearts and begin to shape our hearts. So now we find ourselves where walking around with worldly hearts. So social media, you've taken in social media, this Instagram post upon another Instagram post, and then all of a sudden, envy is in the heart, covetousness, uh, uh, dejection, all those things that pastor spoke about in that sermon, simply because we've spent our time. And social media can be used for good, but often, too often, we abuse it. And these are the things that the Lord God Almighty needs to help us to rearrange. And we won't always get it right. We won't always get it right. But God is looking for all those who will believe him that it is possible and will try with all their might. Because now we have no excuse. Many of us have known these truths for a long time. This is a reminder. Many of us, this might be the first time we're hearing these things. And again, the scriptures are there that I presented. We can look at them, look over them in our own time. Many of, many of us might be hearing this for the first time. Now we have no excuse. And you know, our God is a merciful God. He's a loving God, you know. And so whilst we're getting it wrong and falling and trying again, you know, that we come in repentance with sorrowful hearts saying to him, Lord, 
I know I didn't spend my time with you as I ought to. Because we are representatives of Christ. We are meant to be like him. Therefore, we're meant to spend time with him to learn his ways and walk into the world like him and doing the things he did. And so, not doing that to the degree that we should is not inherently a good thing. And being careless and thinking, you know what, I do some, you know, but other things take priority, but I'm not going to lose sleep over the fact that I'm not... I'd say that that's not necessarily the type of growth that our, our Lord wants us to have. And so in our strive to keep on improving, increasing in our walk with the Lord, we have to know that every day, every, every moment, we wake up, we try again. If we do it well today, praise God, let's go again the next day. If we fall flat on our face trying to do it, let's... Go to him saying, Lord, have mercy, help me. Go again the next day, try again. Because the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And that's what God is looking for. Those who will believe that it's possible and will try, no matter how many times we fail. Because yes, we are righteous in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ makes us righteous. But the Bible also says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 29, that if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Therefore, he makes us righteous. It is therefore then our responsibility to do whatever we can to practice righteousness. And it is by yielding our hearts to be filled with him, his word, by spending time with him, so that what flows out is righteousness in Jesus' name. And so, as we end, let us just all begin to speak to our King. We all know where we are. We all know the things that distract us, the various forms of busyness, the attitude we might have had to this in the past. And because none of this is, but none of us can do this by ourselves. None of us can do this in our, in, his, in our own power. We need his grace. We need the spirit of the living God. Let us just begin to speak to the king of kings to help us. Father, help us. Hear the, the cry of your children, O oh Lord, this, this afternoon, this day. And help us, O oh king. As we continue to pray with all heads bowed, If there is anyone who has not begun this walk with the Lord, with Jesus Christ our Savior, that's the starting point. Indeed, that's the ultimate. That's everything. Everything else will be meaningless. Indeed, it is impossible to do any of the things we have spoken about today without that first most important step. And so if there's anyone that's saying, I want to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior this day, just say this prayer after me. Say, Lord God Almighty, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this moment that you have called me to be your child. I repent, O oh Lord, of 
any sinful way that I've had in the past. And I make a commitment, Jehovah, to be led by you to live in a manner that is pleasing unto you, O God. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Lord, come and fill my heart with your word. Lord God Almighty, I believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died for my sins, was raised to life by the Father, and I confess him as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. And Father, Lord God, I just pray for any of us, O Lord, that struggles in prayer, that struggles to read the word of God, that, Lord of glory, you will breathe upon your people this morning. Let there be a fresh fire for the word of God, a fresh enjoyment with your presence, knowing that there is no better place than your presence, O God, no greater joy, no greater peace, that your people, O God, will love the word of truth like never before, that we will love to spend time with you. We will carve out those personal times of prayer with you like never before, O God. Look favorably upon your people this morning. Help us, O Jehovah, for of a truth, it is only by you that we can do any of these things. Thank you, O God, because we know you are for us, you are with us, and you will help us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Uh, Amen.